Okay, so uh, topic today, uh, somewhat a uh, current event, maybe. So I'm tying it to the World Series. And so uh, those of you who are baseball fans may actually uh, understand uh, the analogy I'm going to make. Uh, those of you who are not baseball fans, well, it's the American pastime, so you should be. Everybody loves to watch grass grow in the outfield. <clears throat> so the topic is growing or growing up. Uh, and uh, if you think about it, I'm sure many of you have probably had siblings, maybe parents, maybe cousins, uh, maybe friends that said, oh, grow up. Uh, and there was a, a negative connotation to that, um, maybe because uh, they just expected more of you, uh, maybe because, and I'm including myself here, having had two older brothers uh, that were nine and five years uh, older than I was, and I was always trying to keep up with them. And so growing up was all about stop whining, will you? Stop crying like a baby. You know, figure it out, get it done, just grow up. Well, that's the, the negative of, of the side of things. But think about from a baseball standpoint. Um, you've got some incredible baseball players in the World Series this week. Uh, game last night, don't know how it ended up. Um, but I know that uh, Houston was ahead, so I'm guessing that it's a 1-1 tie right now. Uh, the Phillies have an incredible baseball player by the name of Bryce Harper. And Bryce Harper is... Uh, an incredible home run hitter. He's won multiple games. Uh, he had, he was two for four the first game. Um, but he obviously didn't start life like that. Um, and so for those who have played baseball, think about when you were playing t-ball. And, uh, Chip, I don't think you can post the pictures that uh, I have here, but if you uh, give me your email address, I will forward this study out to you, and you can see my pictures. But Maybe you've got kids of your own, grandkids of your own that have played t-ball. Ball is put on a stick, and you take another stick, and you take a swing at it, and you get a hit. Uh, pretty easy to, to play. Uh, but then you go to coach pitch, um, which means you've got one of your coaches on the same team, um, and he's throwing a ball in there just like a big old tomato for you to rock on, um, and, and they're, they're consistently right down the middle and easy to hit. Um, but then you start moving from there to uh, actual pitchers from the other team. Um, you move, and, and slowly but surely you develop. So your skills are growing. You are getting better and better and better. And, the, and when you have uh, the skills developed like a Bryce Harper, uh, you go on into the major leagues, you go on into the World Series, and this guy's destined for the Hall of Fame. So my question to you is, are you growing up? And that's what this study is about. Um, and, and how do we do that? How do we do that in Scripture? Uh, and how do we help others, uh, especially as, as parents, as grandparents? Uh, how do we impact those around us to help them grow in, in the Word? Uh, and, you know, one way, obviously, is to get on Pal Talk on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Sundays, and listen to the speakers, and hopefully we develop additional knowledge that can be used. But that's a big question. 
how do you measure growth? And, and if you were to think about a child of yours that put a measuring stick up against the wall and you measured their growth when they were two years old and able to stand, you put a little mark on the wall and a year later you put another mark and you keep doing that until they get into high school and refuse to do it anymore. Uh, but the point is you've got marks all the way up the wall and now they're six foot tall or more. Uh, and so we have a way of measuring our physical growth. But what about spiritual growth? And so I'm going to take you through uh, some verses that will talk about growth, but also hopefully answer some of those questions. And then at the end of today, I'm going to ask you some additional questions for you to think on. Um, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. <clears throat> but, Chip, if you could go to Ephesians 4, verse 1, and I'm going to read um, all the way through, I think, verse 16. And so Ephesians 4, 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul speaking, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith, wherewith ye were called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So stop just there for a second and think about that. Uh, he's talking about one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. If that's the case, why are there so many religions? And, and is that growth? Or is that being swayed with the doctrine of men, the traditions of men, who say that there are multiple baptisms? Uh, there are multiple mediators. There are multiple faiths. So let's continue. <clears throat> Verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting or the completing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So that is edifying, meaning to build up. So, so that is a type of growth, right? And, and how? It was through these pastors and teachers. So we all come in the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, or complete, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children. Now think about that. Tossed to and fro and carried about with the wind, with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up, okay, we're talking children in the faith, children in doctrine, and he's saying, speak the, the truth in love, grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, which whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working of 
in the measure of every part, maketh increase or growth or development of the body unto the edifying of itself, unto the building upon itself or growth. So this whole 1 through 16 is about the growth of the body, the growth of this body of believers who come to unity, that come together, fitly joined together, and that there is an effectual working as a result. Now, that's the topic of the next time I speak, um, which will be probably sometime in December. I believe it's the first week of December, uh, and, and we'll continue there. But these verses need to be explained further, um, and we're going to come back to that in, in just a minute. But let's take a look first at the Old Testament. And so let's turn to 1 Samuel, chapter 2, verse 26. It says, And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Is that measurement? He grew on and was in favor. So we could grow, but we could be out of favor. We could grow physically, but we could become a bully, and I'm sure that that would not be in favor with the Lord. And so, but it also says, and also with men. So people began to gravitate to Samuel uh, as a prophet. Uh, and if you remember uh, the story, you know, he is the one who anointed David. So he also anointed Saul, uh, but kingship was taken from Saul and given to David because while Saul was great in stature, very tall, very handsome, it says, um, the Lord took away the wisdom and the spirit of wisdom from him to rule and gave it to David. Why? Because he found favor, man after his own heart. So turning with me to 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, says, As newborn babes, here we go, children, desire the sincere milk of the world, of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so, be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And so the milk of the word, it is the word that then helps newborn babes grow. So think about that. Who are newborn babes that are part of the body or part of Christendom? It would be those who have just come to salvation. But most stop growing there. They don't increase in their knowledge. Uh, and because of that, um, they will fall to any doctrine of men, any traditions because others are doing it, I guess that's expected of me, but they've never studied it out. They've never grown beyond the milk of salvation. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. 
so that we ourselves glory in you and the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. So here is some measuring sticks, if you will, uh, of growth. Um, one, there's charity. Uh, there's love. There is an affection for other believers, and it is so evident that it abounds. Now, can that be said about you? Go look in the mirror. Is charity abounding from you? <clears throat> I think I cracked the mirror in that one. I'm Move on. So it says, uh, in the fact that they have patience, which we know is endurance, uh, and faith in all persecutions and tribulations or trials that you endure. So those of us, those of you uh, who are going through some type of tribulation, now it could be a persecution at work because of your faith, uh, could be persecution of you or your children at school because they're not politically correct because they wear the wrong, wrong clothes, uh, because they bring a Bible to, to, to school, or they recite or they pray and are ostracized. Maybe not persecuted and thrown in stocks, but there's a lot of this going on in this nation right now where kids are actually being kicked out of school uh, because they have had a prayer meeting or because they've prayed on the football field um, or the in any sports arena. Um, but the, more importantly, that these tribulations, they endure. Um, the word endure, we know, has to do with long-suffering. Um, and sorry to use Ron and Lori as an example, but um, they've got some tribulation going on in their lives right now. They're having trouble with the insurance company. We need to pray about that. We need to pray that the heart of these insurance companies will be as they said and that there's integrity in their words and the agreements they signed that Ronnie and, and, and Lori have paid for all these years and now they finally have a claim and now they're pushing back. Well, uh, unfortunately, that's true about many insurance companies, but not all. We can't condemn them all. Um, there are some who are really, really good. And when we were in the same circumstances in California, um, we had to push pretty hard back on the insurance companies. Um, but in time, they came around because we endured, because we were not bullied and pushed around. We stood up to them. Uh, they finally came around. And so that's what this endurance is all about. But that's a demonstration of our growth, believing that the Lord is going to fight this battle, that regardless of these tribulations, we and those of our families are in the hands of the Lord and that he will see it through. The victory is already there. We just have to continue to endure the battle. All right, let's move to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. <clears throat> For through him, Christ, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So in order for growth of this body, 
we have to be fitly framed together. And we're going to tear this verse apart here in just a second um, to really understand what this really means. Um, but the, the, the point is it's difficult to stand alone. Only Christ could do that, and he's the cornerstone. He's the first brick, if you will, laid in the foundation that then other bricks are added. But it takes other bricks to make a wall, more bricks to make another wall, and continue until you got four walls and you put a roof over it, and now you've got a building. So with that as a metaphor, think about that. Let's take a work at the word building here. Uh, it is the word okadome, and it means uh, architecture or structure. It means a building, but it also means to edify. And so the same word that we read earlier about edifying has to do with building up. And so when someone says, uh, thank you for your study, uh, I am edified because of it, it means I am built up. I am a solid structure because of that knowledge. Um, and that knowledge might bust a myth. It might bust um, a, a tradition, uh, which we have a lot of in different religions. Um, but because of that new knowledge, we are now stronger uh, and able to stand. Now we come to the words fitly framed together. And ironically, these three words is actually one word. It's one Greek word. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Um, but it has to do with the laying or joining close together. And so as you think about bricks, you know, they're close together. You can't put one and then put three feet of mortar and then another brick. You're not going to have a solid wall. Um, but if you've got about a, a quarter of an inch of a gap, um, they're close together. They're hard to tear apart. And so they're fitly framed together. Now, fitly framed also brings to mind not just a, an, an idea of a brick wall, but think about Legos. And I'm sure most of you have played with them. And, and if not, you're, you're much, much older. Uh, plastic hadn't been invented when I was a kid, I don't think. Um, and so we had Lincoln Logs. They had little notches in them. And you could fit them together in those notches. And when you did, you could build walls and structures that were real solid. In fact, they were so solid that you could throw a ball at them, and they would stand up. They would not fall over. Uh, Lincoln Logs. Legos, they lock together. My question is, as a body, are we fitly framed? Are we fully joined? And, and you know, we're, we're spread across the country. Um, in some cases, maybe even the globe. Uh, the, the reality is, even though Truth For Today is in South Carolina, are we joined together with them? And yes, we get on Pal Talk and we're joined together. And yes, we are going to conferences. But are we truly fitly framed together? And, and as you think about the Lincoln Logs and the Legos, there's a pattern that allows them to lock together properly. And we have to figure out what that pattern is for us so that we can. Does something come to mind? 
To me, it does. It's called right division. If you understand right division, you can understand the doctrine that is laid out by Paul. And if you can't understand right division, you will never be fitly framed together with those of us that are part of this understanding and this truth that has been revealed to us in our understanding, our eyes being enlightened. And then we get to the word grow or growth. It says, building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple. <laughs> so growth is the word exano. Uh, it has to do with something that's enlarged over time, uh, whether actively or passively. Uh, it means to grow or grow up. It means to give an increase. And so we think, I'm sure, of the plant world where you plant a seed and slowly but surely it grows. Um, what does it take? It takes nourishment. It takes water. It takes um, carbon dioxide. Uh, that creates a process of photosynthesis. Uh, and as a result, um, we have growth. Uh, you can really trim back a bush uh, and surprisingly, it will come back in many cases. You can prune a branch on a tree, uh, and as, as a result, it will grow even more, more quickly. Uh, we have a bush here in Arizona called Lampana uh, that takes very little water, loves the, the sun, just doesn't like cold so much. Uh, and a couple of weeks ago, Kathleen cut it way back, uh, because it was just growing so much that it was kind of out of control. And by cutting it back, we have all new growth in different areas, and it's filling in together better. But the point is, this growth is over time. It's little buds right now, but it's going to grow into this flourishing bush in time. And then the last part of the verse, it says, build it together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. <laughs> And this is uh, a compound of the word we saw earlier, uh, okidomi. Uh, this is soon okidomi. Uh, and it has to do with constructing. So it is a verb, uh, and it has to do with something composed. Now think about that. When you compose uh, a symphony uh, as part of an orchestra, the music in each musician, it's got to be reading from the same page of music uh, in order to play the notes on their instrument where there is harmony, and that harmony is building a symphony, coming together. If you just play one instrument, it doesn't have near the, uh, the volume for one, but the, the resonation of harmony that uh, can come from many, many different uh, instruments. Uh, and it's, it's interesting, we, we went to a football game the other night, it was homecoming, the band came out, and, and the, the harmony that was there of these kids that, you know, you know, play for maybe an hour a week together and able to come out on, on the football field and play in harmony. But all it takes is one person with a sour note, and suddenly you can tell they're not in harmony. They're out of step. And it, pointed out very, very clearly. And I think that's true for us today, too. Uh, when someone comes into um, this group of believers and says something that is totally out of harmony with the rest of us, 
it's glaring. We can see it. And as a result, that's our opportunity to edify them um, so that they can grow. <clears throat> going to move to what we read at the beginning, and I'm going to repeat it uh, in Ephesians 4. And I'm going to start at verse 10. And it says, He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things, complete all things. And what did he leave behind? He gave some apostles, prophets, and evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, the building up. So we all come into the unity of faith. That's the uh, built together that we read earlier. <clears throat> and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So let's go back to the analogy I gave you earlier, a small child standing up against their back against the wall, and you put a mark at the top of their head. You are measuring their stature. You are measuring how tall they are, how big they've gotten. And you do that over time, and that's when you see their fullness coming about. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about on every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and by cunning craftiness, whereby they wait, lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now, think about that. There are those out there that would lead young believers, children in Christ, babes in Christ, with milk, but not giving them anything to endure what else might happen. As you think about Paul, he wasn't told, Paul, you're going to have such an easy life. I'm going to make you a minister. Go on out there to the Gentiles. Now, he said, look, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to suffer for my name's sake. Uh, and that's the promise that we have. Now, there's a hope beyond that. But we know that we're going to have to endure and in this world, there's a lot that we have to endure, some more than others. But I believe that that testing is because it's helping them grow, helping them get better and stronger, just as a child gets stronger every day. They start crawling. They get a chance to push up on the couch, and soon they're walking. They've got to get those legs strong. But it's painful at first. You're going to fall down and bump your head or skin your knee or whatever. And that's what we have to endure in order to fully grow and strengthen. <clears throat> and then it says, verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, same term we had, and compacted that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying itself in love. And so here we go again. I'm going to look at some of these same words a, a second time. Uh, we have the word growth. Uh, exano, uh, as I said, it means to enlarge, increase over time, fitly framed together, uh, one Greek word. So, you know, Paul repeats himself from chapter 2 into chapter 4. Why? Because it's worth repeating. He needs to reinforce the fact that, look, we need to grow together. The word compacted here was not used earlier. <clears throat> it is sum the bazo. Uh, and it means to drive together. And, and go back to that Lego analogy, 
where you snap it together and it clicks. Uh, I'm in the dental industry, and some people have to have all of their teeth removed, and they put in a couple of implants into their, uh, especially their, their mandible, which is their lower jaw, and they put these uh, what are called abutments on top or locators, and then you snap your denture onto them. Well, you can't chew unless they are compacted and snapped into place. Otherwise, they come right off. A, a normal denture is not compacted onto your draw. It may be glued with some type of adhesive, but it's not really adhered or compacted in place like a Lego snaps together. <clears throat> then it goes on uh, to say that every joint supplieth. Now, th this is important because, you know, as we read before, uh, it talks about coming into the unity of the faith, uh, fitly joined together, that every joint supplieth. That is every one of our bricks being mortared together so that we create a unified front, a wall that can stand. And even when the weather, even when hurricanes, uh, even when fire is thrown at us, we can stand. And we can stand only when we stand together. <clears throat> Go on to the balance of the verse here. It says every, which means all. Uh, it means as many as are together. Uh, it means the whole. Uh, it supplies or it contributes to the whole. Um, one and alone, uh, it has to uh, be combined with others to be really effectual. <clears throat> the measure we read here has to do with uh, increase. Uh, how do you measure the increase or meter it out and to what degree? Um, we use uh, inches, we use miles, uh, other countries use kilometers, uh, they use a metric system. So what measuring system are we utilizing to be able to see the effect or see the effectual working? We're going to talk more about what effectual means. Um, but it has to do with every being involved. Uh, it can't be done by one. It has to be done by all. <clears throat> it talks about uh, the part um, where every part, and, and every part here has to do uh, with a piece, uh, a portion. And so you know, think about your role. What is your portion? What piece do you provide? Uh, not everybody teaches. Not everybody uh, is involved in a certain role. Uh, but when we all come together, and, and let's just take a conference, for instance. Yes, you've got some individuals that are teaching, but you've got people that are supplying sound support or posting like uh, Chip and, and Tony do. Uh, and, and Chico from time to time. You've got others who are making food and providing beverages. And so every part has a portion. Every part, therefore, has 
a craft or a role, uh, and uh, that's what it takes to create an increase. Um, and it's the same root word uh, as we read before for growth, and it means to increase. So growth and increase are synonymous. Uh, the body is just that. Uh, it is uh, a whole. Uh, it is not a piece. It is when you bring multiple pieces together to create a body. Uh, edifying, as we read earlier, has to do with architecture, okadome. Uh, the word dome there is where we have a structure. Uh, it is a, um, a, a dome that can provide protection. Uh, and, and then the last word that we'll look at here is edifying of itself in love. And, and therefore, we have the word agape. Uh, which has to do with charity. Uh, it has to do with uh, benevolence and affection. Um, and so in this growth process, are we using affection, are we using love to bring that about? And, and as you think about disciplining a child, um, are you doing it uh, for chastisement? Uh, are you doing it um, to create fear? Or are you doing it to create a passion for the right pathway? And those are the two motivators in the world. You've got fear, um, which is negative. It brings resentment over time. And then you have passion. Uh, passion to uh, do what's right. Passion to do what's good. Uh, and um, that's what, how we want to discipline our children to be on the right pathway. Uh, and, and so... Are you, in fact, edifying in love? Are you building up? Are you helping others grow in love? Or are you doing it out of fear? <clears throat> uh, I've listed a couple of verses here just, just to remind us of where we've been. Um, and, uh, Chip, you don't need to post these, but uh, we've read Ephesians 2.21, Ephesians 4.15, where we have the word growth. Let's take a look at Second Thessalonians 1.3. We're going to read just these two more verses here for today. It says, 2 Thessalonians 1.3, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith grows exceedingly, and the charity or love of every one of you all toward each other abounds. Now, that's when an organization is coming together. You can see the growth. You can see it, measure it by the love, and it abounds such that everybody can see it. Uh, love abounds. Think about that. If, if you go to a church, is love abounding? If you go to one of our conferences, is love abounding? That's a measure of how our growth can be metered out. Last verse we'll look at is 2 Peter 3.18. It says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow in grace. Is that a measurement of growth in a mature believer? If grace is not present, and, and what is grace? Grace is a gift. 
Uh, it is showing mercy to someone who doesn't deserve it. It's showing forgiveness to someone who doesn't deserve it. They may not even want it. And yet you show grace to them. Um, maybe that means walking away from a fight. Maybe that means compromising for the, sa- the sake of peace without compromising the doctrinal views that you have. Not suggesting that we compromise in that. Compromise usually means neither one of us win. But that's what happens in, in a lot of relationships. We've got to come together uh, and to in order to grow. And, and so are we fully growing? That's my question to you. Um, and, and if we are, what's the measurement? What's the process that we have to follow? Think about that before we get together again next. What process are you following to ensure that you are growing? And are you building? Are you building on your knowledge? Are you building on the unity, whether that be of your family, your company, your organization that you might be part of? And what is the evidence of that? And so I'm going to just throw out a question before we get together again. What is the evidence that you are growing up to a mature believer in Christ, in your faith, in grace, and in love. If you were to be convicted of growth, what would the evidence be? I'm going to leave you with that thought. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you that uh, we are given wisdom and, and hopefully Uh, can convey that wisdom to others, that they might grow, and that they might grow in knowledge, uh, and that we might admonish one another to continue that growth. Uh, Sometimes that means pruning, sometimes that means just watering and nourishing, and sometimes that's just love. Lord, show us passion instead of fear. Show us grace, and continually help us to show mercy to others, and forgive them for the things that we have to endure and that might, that we may not only endure but move on and be strengthened and grow and we grow in the knowledge of Christ. We pray this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.